everyone. Welcome to Home From Home, a podcast where we answer your questions with our experiences and questionable advice. We're just two guys who like guys but love God. This is a safe place for real conversation. We'll talk about the highs and lows of life as a disciple with added baggage. Can we help you with that? Welcome to your Home From Home. In this episode, we discuss speaking to kids about LGBT issues, the desire for a same-sex partner, and doing our best to stay pure. Stick around and welcome to your home from home. How are you doing, Thomas? Doing so good. How are you, Topher? Yeah, I'm good. It's been a long day. It's been a hot day, but there was a beautiful sunset. It was Ooh. like the kind of sunset where I I went to my mom and I said, you have to like look outside. It was just so pink. I think there's something about hotter places of nicer sunsets. So maybe that's a scientific thing. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, in, maybe. In California, it always looks like you have lovely ones. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I just take it for granted because I see them quite, quite often. Because in London, it's quite cloudy most of the time, isn't it? So you can't really see the sunset as much. No, it would, and then it just goes great. And then when you're in central London as well, because the buildings are so high, you really don't get to see the sun go down. Like it's oh. kind of the evening; the sun's already behind buildings and stuff. Yeah, but, I don't. Yeah. I don't. When I was out there, I don't remember watching the sunset. And because you're on the west coast, you must see it set like over the ocean usually. Yeah, yeah. Well, that just sounds like heaven. So nice for you, I guess. Yeah, you should just move move to Cali. That was the dream, honestly. But was it? It was when I was when I was younger. Now I'm I'm not so sure. Like something about I mean, America right now is maybe not the like hottest <laughs> of spots to move to. No, maybe the Amer- the American dream is crumbling. It's always been crumbling a bit, but it, it, I don't know. Yeah, triggered. <laughs> no, but it, <laughs> sorry. No, but it's great though. It's great though. It it is. I mean, no, it's great. I think. Actually, I, I want to experience life outside of California. Maybe if I experience it outside of California, uh, I'll appreciate it more. So the other night I was in bed. Here's something that you get. You know you're a Californian when you're used to this. Literally in the middle of the night, I was woken up by an earthquake. Really? Yeah. What's it like? Just like... It wasn't like a strong, it wasn't a super strong earthquake, but I was already starting to wake up because the last few nights I haven't been able to sleep very yeah. well. So I, I would just wake up in the middle of the night and then I woke up and I was like starting to get back to sleep. And then the whole, like my apartment just started shaking and I was like, oh, that's an earthquake. And then, and like, it was a, it was a small one. So within, I'd say maybe 10, 15 seconds, everything stopped shaking and then it was fine. Oh my gosh. You could say that you were pretty shook. I was shook. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. So that's, you know, you're sometimes, sometimes I'm such a Californian that sometimes I can sleep through them and not even feel it. That's wild. I can't even imagine. I was watching on Netflix only for a little bit. It wasn't great. Like this documentary. No, it's not documentary. It's an anime called Japan Sinks. And it's about Japan sinking. Um, Mm -hmm. And these earthquakes are shocking. I was like, does this kind of thing really happen? It, I mean, here, like, I can't even imagine what an earthquake would be like. There's some disaster movies, actually, when California gets hit by a big earthquake so much that it starts sinking underwater. Oh, that would be. And also, isn't it something like you're, is it, 
What is it? That big volcano in California is going to blow at some point. There's not a volcano in California. Yellowstone, is it? It's going to, like, erupt? I don't know. I thought it's like, they don't know if it's dormant. Oh, there's, like, glaciers. I don't yeah. know if there's... Are there volcanoes? There might be. I don't know. Dude, I'm going I'm, I'm to look it up real quick. Yes. Welcome to our podcast where we talk about earthquakes and volcanoes for <laughs> five minutes. Um, volcanoes can live normal lives, too. Um... Yeah, if the supervolcano underneath Yellowstone National Park um, had an eruption, um, it would spew ash across the whole of the United States. Yeah, but Yellowstone isn't in California. Where is that? Is it? I'm. It's in. Yeah, Yellowstone is in Wyoming. It's in Montana. Oh. It's in Montana and Idaho and Wyoming. So it borders three states. I don't know where any of those places are. Uh, <laughs> neither do most Americans. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you're from Wyoming, Idaho, or Montana, we love you. You're just not as great as California. I'm sorry. Thanks for listening. Ask us a question and tell us you're from yes. Yellowstone. Oh, does that mean Smokey the Bear is listening? <laughs> Who on earth is Smokey the Bear? Do you not? You don't know who Smokey the Bear is? I don't want to know who Smokey is. Smokey the Bear is this, um, it's this, uh, what do you call it? There is, there's Smokey the Bear and then there's Boo Boo the Bear, but Smokey the Bear <laughs> is like a, it's a very Californian thing because we have a lot of fires in California. So it's like a wildlife fire protection mascot. Oh. And he would go, only you can prevent forest fires. God. Um, yeah, and then there was another famous bear that lived in Yellowstone Park, and I can't think of what his name was. It wasn't Smokey the Bear. <laughs> um, but it was like this really famous cartoon, and they would go steal picnic baskets. But anyways, and he's smarter smarter than your average bear. Who was that? I'm going to Google it Stop. right now. Maybe we should call each other Smokey and Boo Boo instead. Yes. Can we please? <laughs> oh, it's Yogi Bear. Oh, That's okay, who it I've was. Heard of Yogi Bear. Yeah, you've heard of Yoga, Yogi Bear. Yeah, he's he's the smarter than the average bear. Okay. Well, and with that, <laughs> maybe we should go to our first question. We should get started. <laughs> yeah, let's go to our first question. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, if you haven't submitted a question, please do so. You're not allowed to listen to the podcast anymore until you submit a question. Thank you. Okay, our first question is, how should I explain LGBTQ things to kids? What are good things to share and what's not so good to share? So how do we explain LGBTQ things, issues, etc. to kids and children? That's a good question. Thank you for asking. And it's a sweet question because, you know, kids are great. I enjoyed being a kid. I'm sure you enjoyed being a kid. Um, in our family of churches, we have Kids Kingdom, which was quite a fun time for me, I found. And yeah. Building up the kingdom. Building up the kingdom. I don't know that song. <laughs> I know the fish. What's the fish one? Um, uh, sea of Galilee? Yeah, maybe that one. There's the sea. sea. There's the Sea of Galilee. There's a vote on the Sea of yeah, Galilee. That one. There's a vote on the Sea of Galilee. Little me was like there's, boogieing. There's men. There's nets in the hands of the man on the boat of the Sea of the Galilee. There's fish in the nets of the hands of the man on the boat in the Sea of Galilee. No? Yeah, I know it. Am I know I, it. Anyways. I think we all know it. Thanks, though. 
I'm a, I'm a kingdom kid. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this question can be controversial because, and it's something that's quite, like, rife, especially just politically, um, whether, like, governments should teach more about LGBTQ history mm. or yeah. rights and those kind of things in our education systems. And so I'm not going to, like, kind of talk on that. I think more so, like, maybe even in our own culture or in christian culture church culture what should it be like talking about it with kids uh i think is a helpful balance is mm. probably there i'm not sure exactly where it lies for me i knew that i was or i had inklings towards being same-sex attracted probably at first when i was maybe around 11 yeah so mm. before then i didn't really think that that was the case after then that was where i was kind of starting to figure things out and it's probably more when i was kind of 12 to 13 where i was pretty sat like actually i think this is how it is um so if that's helpful reference for any kind of parents and stuff i don't know i think it happens at different stages i've known people who've only realized like much later on in their life or even earlier so it just depends yeah I think the fear from not wanting to share it with your kids comes from a place of like you don't want to make them gay through <laughs> like speaking about it too much, you know? Um, yeah. And so that can be, I don't know how legit that is, but what do you think? I mean, I think it's something that you should talk to kids about because look, whether you want to talk to them or not, like it's a thing. And if they don't hear it from you, they're going to hear it from their friends or they're going to hear it in school. So I think it is good to talk about it. And I hope that it's something that the church in general is talking about. And that's actually the hope of this podcast is to get the church and a large organization to start talking and thinking about these issues. Um, I do think it's important to know because you'd also don't want by not talking about it, you're putting almost the shame on it of like, this is a bad thing to talk about. And if you struggle with this, this is bad. I know for me, my parents didn't really talk about it too much. Um, we had a cousin who came out to us when I was about nine years old. And I didn't really understand at that point what like being gay was, really. I just knew that, you know, he had um, a special guy friend that he liked to, you know, hang out with a lot of times and would always be at his house and then would come over and visit us sometimes. And then as I got older, I was like, oh, that's a boyfriend. Okay, I, I understand that. But yeah, it wasn't really something that was talked about a whole lot. And I actually do wish it was talked about more in my family so that when I started feeling things, I don't know, I think it would just be more normalized and I wouldn't like freak out and, and think something was wrong with me. In terms of things that I wouldn't share, like, I don't think you necessarily need to go into gruesome details. And I think it's, there's a certain amount of details you give at different age groups. Um, you know, what it's just like having a sex conversation with your with your child, right? You tell them certain things at certain ages, and then as they get older, they learn more things. Honestly, in today's climate, it's actually quite different to how it was 20, 30 years ago, or how I could imagine it was, where being gay or being in the closet was something that was actually quite in the closet. So... Right. People, it was quite taboo. Nowadays, kids are going to watch things. I'm sure there's going to be, I don't know, wasn't Elsa gay? Maybe there's just various things, right? Where, like, possibly where kids will see, um, kids will see these things and they'll experience these things for themselves. And I think our climate is changing. So I think the conversations we need to have yeah. need to reflect that. 
I think they're coming out with children's shows with like partners too. Like they might, I think there was this thing that for a long time, I remember talking about it with some friends that they were going to make. Have you ever watched Sesame Street? You know yeah, what Sesame Street yeah, yeah. is? So Bert and Ernie were supposedly like they were going to make them like partners. Wow. Well, great. I mean, or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> so i mean i think it's it's a thing it's a thing um yeah i think so and i think that's like the point our point is is that kids will start hearing about these things so i really agree with your point thomas about like actually you know we should be able to talk about it with them too i mean i know for me i i really appreciated even with my dad when he talked about you know the birds and the bees and stuff like that that um Mm -hmm. which was awkward I really appreciated just that he even was clear about even what sex would look like with a man and a woman, but then also kind of with a man and man or whatever as well. And mm. that was just helpful for me to be informed regardless. I don't know, maybe he had an inkling back then or whatever, but I was like, what on earth? Um, but like, I think that was helpful. And so I appreciated him doing that. And I think we need to make sure with kids that is not taboo if they have questions like being okay with answering i think that's the balance probably though is if they if it really is not on their radar at all um and they're young then you know you don't need to i don't know force the stonewall story like into their lives but like when they're older those are the great things to learn so i think there's definitely Mm -hmm. a balance to be had somewhere yeah it's everyone's personal decision you know uh, something i was just reflecting about what was helpful, not helpful for me to hear. And something that I found quite actually jarring and then actually quite not helpful in the end was when, especially when I was young and first starting to speak about my same-sex attraction in the church, the thing I would always hear as like the comfort line was, I know people who are married and they're same-sex attracted. They have kids now and that kind of thing. And it's kind of mm. like this line. It's like, oh, well, thank goodness I can get married and have kids. That, <laughs> that's fine. Like, that was my only fear. Yeah. And I think what it does is we can sometimes talk about it in an overly simplified way where, yeah. oh, actually, don't worry. Like, it actually becomes a non-issue, which I don't think is fair. If we're going to talk about our kids, then you should talk about the trials that will come with it and the issues that surround it, both kind of politically, but then also just even in our own church community. So I think yeah. we have to be explicit about those things. Yeah. No, we can't oversimplify it. No, I, I totally agree. Um, fun question, Thomas. Ooh, I like fun questions. Good, okay. I really want to experience having a boyfriend, but I know it's not what God wants. Help. i like the help at the end it's actually help because it's all in all caps so thank you oh oh well thank you for for enunciating (laughs) that now i know it's a it's an urgent help help. um you know if you don't want to experience having a boyfriend what you need to do is just cut it off no kidding (laughs) kidding that's bad oh my gosh i didn't (laughs) that's so bad can you say that's so bad we should (laughs) we should we're gonna cut that out i love that anyway. uh, no but if if you want to look i get it i get the temptation for wanting to experience having a boyfriend is there like that's normal um i think my first advice would be to talk to people about it and just be like hey this is what i'm feeling this is what i'm struggling with obviously let them be somebody that you 
feel comfortable with talking about those things. Also, I would look at I would look at the reasons why. So mm. what is making you feel like you want to have a boyfriend? What are the needs that you have that are not getting met right now? Mm. And are there ways that you can get those needs met in a way that isn't having a boyfriend? For me, one of the needs that I have is, you know, I'm a very physical person. I actually have different brothers who are not same-sex attracted who will like be physically affectionate with me. And that's fine. I also like sharing deep, intimate feelings with people. So I have a few friends that I share everything with. And um, I think that's that's really helpful. You know, and I have really close brother friendship. So I think for you, you listener, you know, figure out what the need is, what you're trying to fill with this and see if there's a way you can find that outside of a relationship. What do you think, Topher? I mean, Thomas, honestly, you said everything that I was going to say. So um, that's <laughs> it. No, uh, <laughs> like, I think, honestly, this is such a mood. And I felt like this most of the time. Well, a lot of the time. Even though, like your question, I really just want to experience having a boyfriend. I think there's a lot of curiosity there. Mm -hmm. um, for those of us that grew up in a church environment whilst having same-sex attractions, like, I don't know, the idea of having a relationship with someone of the same sex is like a forbidden fruit, you know? It's like something which is very foreign, very um, exotic and different. And so I can really see the appeal. I've gone through like various phases of sometimes being like, oh, like just really feeling that longing. And then other times not, you know? Um, yeah. And I think honestly, even when I was, when I was in a relationship with my girlfriend, like that was like, that was amazing. And that was so fulfilling. And we had such an amazing friendship. And I don't know, to be honest, a lot of those needs were just basically met really like those needs that you were talking about Thomas. But then I think it's important whether you're in a relationship or whether you're single, you need to figure out where are those needs coming from and kind of what can meet them. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I know it's really hard. And this is like the help bit. I'm like, yeah, I want to help you. I don't know how. You just, it's, it's really surrender. And um, I think look so much more into what does biblical surrender look like. Mm. A lot of people just want to have, be in a relationship in general. Yeah. Whether they're, whatever kind of attraction they have. And then we get into a wider conversation about, oh, bro, you just got to be surrendered, man. Or, you know, like whatever, there's this kind of dialogue that we have. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important, like what does real Jesus surrender look like mm. is a lot deeper than our church culture surrender means. Yeah. So I think often we equate surrender with blessing. And we think once I surrender, God will give me the desires of my heart. That's mm -hmm. where same-sex attracted people find it hard because we think we can surrender and then God will give us that desire. But we think, well, how am I going to surrender? God's obviously not going to give me that. He's not going to give me a boyfriend. Um, so we have this lack of trust whilst a heterosexual mm -hmm. person doesn't need to experience that pain, which is fine for them. No, that makes sense. And listener, if you're hearing us, we know it's hard. Um, we know it's 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 a struggle. And if you need help, reach out. We want to be here for you. We want to support you. Um, you know, we're here for you. We are we are I'm not gonna I was just say we're not gonna be your boyfriend, but we'll be here for you. If you are my boyfriend, I know no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Okay. Um 
Good luck. Peace be with you. <laughs> we love you. You you got this. I believe in you. Yeah. Find uh find joy in other places. A man is not a plan. I like that. You've not heard that before? I haven't heard that. Well, there you go. I'm stealing that. I'm going to put a poster in my role. A man is not the plan. That's, that's going to be my... <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, next question. It says... Uh... <laughs> Wait, I've got I've to like, try to be more, um, more serious for this one. <laughs> No, that's right. Oh, good. Jesus. Okay. Jesus, give me strength. Give us seriousness. Okay, we're so serious right now. So serious. So, next question. Last question says, how do you resist the temptation or urge to be lustful? And when you do fall, how do you effectively repent? Thank you, listener, for that question, yeah. And I mean, honestly, this question could be asked by yeah. anyone, to anyone, yeah. really. And obviously it is a thing, it is a thing, especially in, in people who are same-sex attracted, they want to lust in the same way that someone else would, so I don't want to frame it in a way, obviously, that like people who are attracted to the same sex are maybe more lustful, like, we don't need to have that conversation, no. but I think... um yeah, I really appreciate your heart of just how to kind of even just fight against mm. that and the practicalities of that. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I definitely have to just be really aware of daily, something that I am definitely not perfect in. And yeah, I think sometimes what I can find difficult is, especially when we're same-sex attracted, you can feel a bit like you're off the hook in some ways because like... You're just around a lot of people a lot more of the same gender or whatever, or, and those kind of boundaries and stuff like aren't always there. And so there's just a lot more situations where you can get into a bit of a pickle. Mm. So I think sometimes I can be a bit bad because I don't necessarily take things as seriously as I can see maybe another guy would about a girl. Um, because I can just be like, they're your friends as well. So it gets a bit complicated. Like, how do you navigate that balance? But Obviously, the balance is, is you shouldn't be lustful and you should, especially with those in the church, view them just as your brothers and how to kind of maintain that. I think a lot of it is just kind of persistent prayer and being really mm. mindful of what where your thoughts are going. But I yeah. don't know what you think. Yeah, no, um, I definitely understand uh, the thing about being lustful. I will tell you that I am a, a professional luster. Um, you know, I, I do it very, very well. And it's something that I constantly have to, uh, change in me and to work on. Um, yeah. so I get it. Uh, the struggle is real. And, and, and I agree with what Topher was saying about, um, you know, praying about it and making sure boundaries there are good. I would also say that when you are tempted to lust, I would look at, so what about this person makes you feel lustful? You know, and here's the thing, right? I'm going to I'm going to get into some some counselor tea for you here, right? Most of what we're attracted about another person has very little to do with that person and it has everything to do with you. Oh, really? Explain. Yes. So, a lot of the times what we're attracted to 
and somebody else is actually what we feel like we're lacking in or what we want to have ourselves. So I noticed for me, when I'm attracted to a man, um, so living by California, right? I'm constantly by the beach. And in the beach, men and women tend to not wear the most clothes, you know? Um, we're also a, a very bro gym culture here where I live. So, you know, we, we see a lot of guys out when it's hot wearing, you know, the muscle shirts anyways. So I can see a very attractive man or woman, quite frankly, and be like, wow, they're really beautiful and feel tempted to less. So then I look at this person, I said, okay, what is the story I'm telling about this person? Why am I feeling tempted here? Okay, well, this person is, is attractive in this, this, this way, right? For example, they have beautiful six-pack abs, like just beautiful, right? Well, okay, well, what about that six-pack abs is attractive? Well, uh, you know, it projects strength, it projects confidence. Well, I don't always feel strong. I don't feel like I'm confident. I don't feel beautiful. So I'm going to look at this person and objectify this person. And we're attracted to that because it it feels like we don't have that. So for us, by being attracted to that and wanting to obtain that, we're externally trying to attain what we don't have. If that makes mm. sense. I'm trying to not make it so counselly. No, that um, makes a lot of so, sense. I hadn't heard that before. It's really interesting. Yeah. So people, there's this term about people being mirrors. So people um, actually reflect how we see ourselves. So, and that's why, uh, do you ever notice that some of the things that annoy you the most about people are actually things that you yourself do and you don't like about yourself? Mm. That's because it's like you see it in the other person and that reminds me, oh, I'm like that and I don't oh like that. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, a little bit of counselor tea for you. So I would, <laughs> I would really explore that. Like next time you're feeling tempted to be lustful towards somebody, like I know it sounds strange, but like just go through the exercise and just being like, okay. What here is being attractive? What is what is it like? What is the story that I'm telling myself and how can I go about resolving this? And I guarantee you, if you get to a lot of the core issues and you work through them, you'll find yourself being less and less lustful because you work through the core issues. So with any kind of sin, very rarely is the issue the sin itself. Usually there's a lot of stuff underneath that. And the sin is just a manifestation of what we see. So yeah. hope that's helpful. I mean, that's scriptural, isn't it? Like the idea that our hearts, the evil desire yep. comes from our hearts from and our that heart. turns mm -hmm. into sin. So I, yep. I really appreciate that perspective. That's helpful for me because I can sometimes just see lust as just a very like animalistic thing, which is very not to do with the heart. But mm -hmm. um, I really appreciate your... It, I mean, it is too... No, but I, I, think, I think you're right. I enjoyed that counselor tea. I had a great <laughs> sip. It was delicious. Thank you. Yes. I had to say tea because you're British. Thank you. <laughs> I understood. All right. And that's all we have time for. <laughs> yes, that's it. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please uh, subscribe. There will be more content and keep sending us your questions. We love you guys and we love the support that you guys gave us. Actually, can I, can I do a bit of bragging here? We want to just thank you guys so much. As of the time that we're recording this, we just hit over 1,000 downloads. Yes. So thank you so, so much for listening uh, and your continual support. Please continue to support us because your support makes us feel relevant and it's good. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Thank you so much. This is more than we could imagine. And honestly, though, please like just share with your friends, with people that you know that you think this could be helpful with them. 
um helpful to have this conversation have this dialogue like please just share share thank you for listening to home from home if you'd like to hear more from us subscribe as we'll be answering new questions each week we'd love to hear your questions please submit through the link in the description home from home is sponsored by strength and weakness ministries a Christian organization that helps to bridge the gap between the Christian community and the LGBTQ community through awareness, education, and support. For more info and resources, go to strengthandweakness.org.